Well, dear ones, I'd like to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Well, over the years, I have concluded that marriages are relatively easy to start, but can be very, very difficult to finish. You see, the sad fact is this, is that many brides and grooms, they treat their marriages like how many families treat the putting together of a jigsaw puzzle. They lay out all the border pieces. They work very hard to make the ceremony look just right. They spend a fortune on beautiful flowers, great music, fabulous dresses and tuxes. Many will spend hours planning for the reception. In fact, I was told just recently that the average cost of a wedding in America is around $34,000. I want you to know, Roxy and I, I think we spent $50 on ours. In fact, what really shocked me is the average cost of an engagement ring. They told me that it is $5,680. Well, Roxy, I want you to know your engagement ring was only like $145. <laughs> so I want you to know that really is a lot of money. The couple then find a nice home and enjoy the joy of furnishing it and then setting up housekeeping. But as the months and as the years go by and as the task of marriage becomes more and more puzzling, they tend to give up. And thus they do not finish what they have started. They do not complete the beautiful, lifelong picture of love that God intended their marriage to be. Well, as some of you know, doubtedly know, the statistics on the institution of marriage, it doesn't look very good these days. We live in a nation where a high percentage of new marriages end up in divorce. Where one state, they tell me you can get a divorce even without leaving your car by using their convenient drive through divorce service. Real estate agents report that 50% of the houses that are put up for sale are listed because of divorce situations. And I was told by someone recently that the divorce rate among Christians is higher than it is in secular circles. Well, today, I want to talk about marriage. The re big reason I'm doing this is that Monday, my wife Roxy and I, we celebrated 46 years of marriage. I was, sharing, I was sharing this fact with some students and they came along and asked me some questions. How did you do it? What is the secret to a long and lasting and loving marriage? And then they asked, is it really possible for that to happen? Well, this morning, those are the questions in which I'd like to answer. You need to know that when Roxy and I, we got married, it did not go the course of many fairy tale endings. We did not live happily ever after without any conflicts or challenges or crises. If any marriage should have failed, our marriage should have failed. A mixed race marriage, which when we got married was frowned upon, even within the church. We had parents who questioned our choice of a helpmate. I had a sibling who wrote nasty and cruel letters condemning our marriage. If any marriage should have ended in divorce, once again, it should have been ours. Coming from a dysfunctional family, my mother and stepfather, they fought much of the time. The fighting started out as verbal attacks whereby each said things to hurt the other as deeply as possible. 
Words that went something like this, I hate you. What a mistake I made when I married you. You have made my life miserable. I wish you would choke on your food and die. And when the pain inflicted by the verbal words did not seem to adequately enough to inflict the desired pain, my mother resorted then to physical attacks upon my stepdad. The battles between them were often done in the presence of us three boys. In fact, often we were drawn into them, such as the time which I shared a while ago when my mother got so upset that she climbed on the top of the apartment complex that we lived in, 14 floors high, climbed over the fencing around the open area, stood on a ledge that was around three inches and shouted out to us boys, tell your stepfather that if he takes one more step and he says one more thing to me, I'm going to jump and kill myself. So you need to know, for us children, we lived in a state of high anxiety, never knowing when the next explosion would occur between our parents. We spent most of our early lives tiptoeing through life, not wanting to stir the waters that could possibly then turn into a tsunami between our parents. All during this time, I kept telling myself, when I get married, my marriage will never be bad like my parents. Instead, my marriage is going to be super-duper good. But after Roxy and I got married, tensions quickly surfaced. Our first big fight, it took place during our honeymoon. In fact, it occurred one day after our marriage. Over what? Well, it's none of your business. <laughs> Over the following months, our marriage resembled a roller coaster. Some days it was high and it was good. Others days it careened downwards into loud shoutings on my part, which with time escalated in me, expressing my frustrations by hitting, by slapping, by punching Roxy with all my might. When tensions got high and, and violent, I would caustically shout out, I can't stand you anymore. I want out. I want a divorce. So the point, our marriage was not in a good spot. But in the midst of this miserable existence, the Lord was working in my heart. And part of that was because Roxy continued to be praying for me, culminating in me then going to a holiness camp out west, telling God that I needed his help, that I wanted him to change me and to change our marriage. Now, I know that for some of you, you may think that what I share next is going to be very simplistic, but it is reality for Roxy and myself. The foundation of our marriage being successful has been Jesus Christ. You see, dear ones, as he came and saved us from sin, I want you to know that Jesus Christ also came and he saved our marriage. The most important thing that Roxy and I did to get our marriage straightened out was to begin building our marriage on Christ and following his will for our lives. In fact, a pastor friend shared, a strong marriage actually needs to include three people the husband, the wife, and most importantly, God. And so I had to recognize that my marriage wasn't just a social convenience or a legal custom, but marriage originates from God, and it is one of his greatest gifts to us. When times of stress or disappointment came, and they did, Roxy and I had to remember that it was God who had brought us together, and our vows that we made were not only to each other, but they were also made to God himself. These words became important in our marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. 
And so a commitment that Roxy and I made years ago is that we never talk about getting divorced. You see, dear ones, a marriage based on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will be seeking. You see, over time I began to realize that I was taking Roxy for granted. I was no longer living the words of Genesis that I was to be cleaving onto my wife. The word cleave sounds foreign in the English language, but in the original language, it means to pursue, it means to seek with all of one's energy. Well, you need to know, I did pursue Roxy before we were married. I took her out to fancy restaurants. I brought tickets for us to romantically ride on a Becky Thatcher steamboat down the Missouri River. I sent her gushy love letters. I delivered, had delivered to her wonderful, beautiful flowers. To prepare for her dates with her, I would make myself look good. It didn't take that much to do that. But after the marriage vows were said and the marriage certificate was signed, all the seeking disappeared. The romantic dating ceased, making myself looking for her stop. But over the years, I have learned through experience that successful marriages take work. Pursuing, seeking requires energy. When our marriage was in conflict, the big reason was because I was applying no energy to my relationship with her. My thinking went something like this. I'm married to her. I've gotten what I wanted. I don't need to do anything else. I no, need, I no longer need to seek after her. I mean, she's mine already. Well, thriving marriages do not just happen. They happen when a couple pursue, when they seek after each other. A marriage based on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will be spirit-filled. You see, when I was hitting Roxy, I knew that it was wrong. I wanted to stop. But when the next conflict arose, the fists went flying again. When my emotions would simmer down, I would feel extremely guilty, and then I would ask her to forgive me, telling her that I would never ever hit her again. But when attentions got heated, well, you know what happened, now fists began flying again. I found myself wondering, is there a way out of this crazy destructive cycle? How can I stop hurting her? How can I stop hurting our marriage? Well, the reality was this, by myself, I could not do it. I felt helpless, I felt defeated. That even though I claimed to be a Christian, I did not realize how powerful a God we actually serve. You see, the way I was relating to God was, I saw him as being wimpy and weak. But I want you to know that I have since learned that I serve a mighty God who is still able to perform miracles and able to transform lives. He did this for me and he did that for our marriage. You see, belonging to Jesus Christ means that we are no longer our own, with the results being this, we no longer need to be enslaved by things that displease God. And I no longer needed to be trapped in a marriage that wasn't growing in love and which was spiraling downwards into anger and hatred and frustration. Through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of God, I want you to know my marriage was saved. A marriage based on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will be serving. You see, dear ones, successful marriages are produced when a couple are willing to serve each other. Jesus Christ instructs us in John chapter 13 to serve one another. I'm convinced that there are marriages that have become broken because of arrogance and self-absorption. That's what happened in my marriage. 
I thought I got married to Roxy so that I could have her come and serve me. Someone shared these words. The strongest marriages have two servants who are in love with each other. A marriage based on the foundation of Jesus Christ will be satisfying. You see, in Africa, a practice of eating goes like this. When you're full and ready to stop eating, one leaves a spoonful of food on a plate and say, Nisuti. The bit of food shows that you are so full that you cannot eat another bite. Not to leave it would mean that you're still wanting another helping of food to be placed upon your plate. And so the words then are said, Nisuti, which means I am so satisfied that I need no more. Well, because of Jesus Christ, my marriage to Roxy, it has been deeply satisfying. A student asked, Umfundisi, would you do it all over again? I mean, marrying Roxy, would you do it all over in a heartbeat? Well, Roxy, I want you to know that I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. 46 years. It's hard for me to believe that that many years have already passed. That 46 years ago, I promised my love and my commitment to you. It seems like only yesterday when we shared vows with each other, we were young then. I mean, I was only 19, a little babe. On our wedding day, I promised to love you and I promised that I would honor and I promised that I would comfort and I would keep you. I stated that I would be by your side in sickness and in health, in times of want, in times of plenty, for better, for worse, for the rest of our lives. Well, we have had all those things, and you have. You've been by my side as we've created a family, a home, as we've done ministry together, and as we've done life together. We have shared joys and blessings. We've shared challenges and sorrows together. He had been with me serving in so many different places in America, in Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Cambodia. You calculated on Facebook the other day that we averaged a house a year for the first 22 years of our marriage, and how you are so glad now that we finally slowed down and have only lived in four houses in the last 24 years. But what an adventure you and I have been a part of. And as I reflect backwards in time, there, are some real, there were some real rough patches in our marriage. Again, many tears were shed. But I want you to know, I love you. <clears throat> You're my best friend. Well, I know today you didn't even know what was going to happen. You're, uh, <laughs> your district superintendent, my district superintendent basically came along and stated maybe there needs to be some counseling afterwards, <laughs> but I thought I need more protection than anything. <laughs> but today I, I planned this because I wanted us to once again stand together, kind of what we did many years ago in the presence of God, and these are friends. I've invited Dr. Dave Vardaman, who is the Dean of the School of Theology of Ministry, and Dr. Mark Orved, who is the Crossroads District Superintendent, to be our pastors. 
And then I've come along and I've invited Nancy and Sandy, dear church friends, to come and stand up with you as your bridesmaids. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I've invited Dr. Steve Horst, a dear friend and professor in the School of Theology and Ministry, and my evangelism partner that goes out with me, witnessing Mike from our church to stand up as my groomsman. I'm going to invite them if they'll come on up here. And then, Roxy, I'm going to help you on up here. Before they actually do the service, there are some flowers that are going to be coming out here. The reason I got the flowers <laughs> is because I want you to forgive me in front of these people first. to share with Jim, also known as Umfundisi, and Roxine Lowe. We're sharing with them a very special moment in their lives. In the 46 years that they've been married, their love and understanding of each other has grown and matured, and today they are renewing their wedding vows to each other. Jim and Roxine enter into this time of renewal, not lightly, but reverently, knowing that God is witness to what takes place. Jim and Roxy, we are gathered today to celebrate this important moment in your lives. Listen to these words from the scriptures, Genesis chapter two. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And hear these words from the New Testament. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 
love never fails. Join me as I pray. Heavenly Father, may you rain down upon this ceremony of love an outpouring of your richest blessings. May the love that these two share with each other continue to be a pattern for others to follow. May they together embrace this moment of reaffirmation and find great peace in knowing that you will continue to walk with them in the journey of life. Direct each step they take and may they find with the dawning of each day an even greater love and appreciation for each other. Amen. Jim and Roxy, when you first joined hands and hearts together in marriage 46 years ago, you did not know where life would take you. God would literally lead you around the world. You promised to love, honor, and cherish one another through all things. Life has brought you wonderful blessings and difficult challenges over the years. But here you are, today, having fulfilled the vows to love, honor, and cherish each that you made on your wedding day. And God is smiling. As you reflect back over the years you've had together as husband and wife, do you now wish to reaffirm the vows you took back then? If so, you will answer, we do. Jim, do you reaffirm your love for Roxy? And will you love, honor, and cherish her in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, and forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? If so, you will answer, I do. I do. Roxy, do you reaffirm your love for Jim? And will you love, honor, and cherish him in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, for better or for worse, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him so long as you both shall live? If so, you will answer, I do. Let's join together in prayer. Eternal God, creator and preserver of all mankind, giver of all spiritual grace, the author of life everlasting, let your blessing descend and rest upon these, your children, whom we bless in your name. Bless this marriage as you have done and make it to them a continuing source of abundant and enduring good. Look graciously upon them that they may love, honor, and cherish each other. May their mutual affection never know change, doubt, nor decay. Direct and strengthen them in the discharge of all their duties. Bless the home which they have established. Continue teaching them to order their household wisely and well and to regard all their possessions as your gifts to be employed in your service. And may they so live together in faithfulness and patience, in wisdom and true godliness, that their home may be a haven of blessings and a place of peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.